Welcome to the 10th episode of the Yanks Go Marching Podcast. I am your host, Pat McDonald, and with me, as always, from Rocky Mountain, High, Colorado, is my good friend, Chris Kaminsky. Chris, how you doing? I am doing in America for the third time because my uh, brother's in town, so he hadn't seen it, so I had to go take him to see that. But how's uh, life in the suburban, suburban sprawl there, Patty? Uh, you know what? I cannot complain, uh, although humidity is now starting to set in the northeast. Um, it is still wonderful weather out here. I uh, can't complain. And, uh, hey, we have a big conversation to talk about the 30-man roster. But before we break into that, we go in with, as always, our beer choices for the night. Me, I'm still going the cheap route with the PBR. Chris, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a really fantastic little uh, can of beer by Oscar Blues. It's their Old Chub on Nitro. That's a lo- another local Colorado brewery got to represent, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No. Once I start getting money, I, uh, I I think I'll have to go back with the Jersey route and get some River Horse, but uh, not tonight. Jason, on the other hand, I think because we're recording this rather late, is going with water, but I can forgive it because it's after eleven o'clock. <laughs> Uh, as always, we do the red, yellow, and red cards at the end of the show. So please tweet at us, email us, whatever your own yellow and red cards, uh, depending on what we say throughout the show. But let's get right into it. As you all know, yesterday the United States men's national team released their 30-man roster. Only 23 of these guys will go to Brazil, but it's certainly an interesting one. Uh, we'll run down it through it before we discuss uh, keepers. We got. Brad Guzan from Aston Villa, Tim Howard from Everton, Nick Romando, Real Salt Lake. There is no discussion there, no surprises. Uh, that was to be expected. Defense, we got Demarcus Beasley of Puebla, Matt Beasley of Sporting Kansas City, John Brooks from Hertha Berlin, Jeff Cameron, Stoke City, Simi Chandler from Nuremberg, Brad Evans from Seattle Sounders, Omar Gonzalez, LA Galaxy, Clarence Goodson, San Jose, Fabian Johnson, Hoffenheim, Michael Perkhurst, Columbus, and DeAndre Edwin from Seattle. Midfield, we got Kyle Beckham from Real Salt Lake, Alejandro Bedoya from Nantes, Michael Bradley from Toronto FC, Joe Corona from Club Tijuana, Brad Davis, Houston Dynamo, Mick Stiskerud from Rosenborg, Maurice Adu, Philadelphia Union, Julian Green from Bayern Munich, uh, Jermaine Jones from Besiktas, uh, Graham Zussi, Sporting Kansas City. And at forward, we got Josie Alpador, Sunderland, Terrence Boyd, Rapid Vienna, Clint Dempsey, Seattle Sounders FC, Landon out of an LA Galaxy, Aaron Johansson, AZ Alkmaar, Chris Wondolowski from San Jose Earthquakes. And if you're keeping score from our predictions last week, uh, I got 25 out of the 30 wrong. Chris, 26 out of the 30 wrong. Not 25 out of the 30 right. Uh, right. Sorry. Yeah, I missed five, and I only missed four. Yeah, we're not that terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, both 25 out of 30. Me, 25 out of 30. Chris, 26 out of 30, right? Uh, we were both wrong on Tim Ream in defense, both wrong on Eddie Johnson in forward. Uh, I thought Agudelo would be included on this list. Uh, we were also both wrong on Breck Shea in midfield. Uh, Chris thought Danny Williams would be included. And then I also thought Ed Castillo would be included in the defense. So, uh, 
There's obviously uh, – well, let's first, before we talk into controversies, Chris, what do you think of this roster? It's interesting, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's there's some there's a couple surprises on there. I, like we talked about last week, I mean, I didn't really think that uh, Green would be on the team. I just said yeah. I thought he could be there for competition. Same with mm-hmm. Yedlin. So I, it's, I'm a little surprised to see them there. I'm, I know you, you know, argued vociferously against Chandler, so I was a little bit of surprise to see him there. <laughs> um, I mean, I I agree with you with Bedoya and Davis. I think both those. Uh, guys deserve to be there, so I, th- I think that's pretty good. But uh, really interesting that Johnson didn't make it. I think that's kind of yeah. the biggest snub to me. And yeah, on form, uh, you know, and everything. Not, not, you know, he's not in a great situation. But a um, little bit surprised at that because uh, there's just so little depth at forward, uh, and it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, they're they're listing Donovan and Dempsey as forward, so uh, that that's a little interesting to me. But uh, I don't think they're going to be deployed there. Uh, maybe Dempsey in a withdrawn uh, role, but you know, certainly not a center forward or a, you know, pl- you know, playing up top next to somebody, uh, unless Josie really doesn't, you know, round out at all in the warmups, and it's you know Dempsey and Johansson up top. But I don't see him playing next to Alstor. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting uh, roster. It's uh, I think we expect it to be deep, and I think that's what it is. And I I think there's competition in all places. So. It'll be really interesting to see how it uh, plays out. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Um, I think, uh, it, for the most part, I think Klinsman got it right. Uh, it's not entirely shocking. Johnson being the biggest shock. Uh, Timmy Chandler, yes, I uh, argued against. But uh, I'm also not entirely shocked that he's there because uh, he was playing well before he got hurt. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Chandler's inclusion. I think we're going to tie it in with a little bit with Julian Green's inclusion. Um, but... Yeah, I, I mean, overall, I think he got it right. He got the players uh, that pretty much need to be there. Uh, but, yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, Eddie Johnson being obviously the biggest exclusion. Uh, he's not scoring goals right now with D.C., and, and that is why he's not on this roster. Uh, some might also say, but Clemson denies uh him calling out his teammates in D.C. certainly did not hurt him. One interesting fact that was tweeted out this week, uh, he is the third in the past three World Cup cycles. He is the guy, the next player who has scored the win- the goal that sent the team to the World Cup and not be included in the roster. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Ralston was in 2005. Uh, Connor Casey scored the goal that put them into the World Cup in 2009. And now Eddie Johnson... Uh, put them in in 2013 and did not make this World Cup. Uh, the big, I mean, look, there's a lot of talent at forward right now. Altidore, Boyd has lit it up, especially as of late in the Austrian Bundesliga. Uh, Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan, I think, are forwards in name only. Aaron Johansson, I think, was always ahead of Eddie Johnson. But do you think, despite the poor form Eddie Johnson has had in MLS thus far, do you think Klinsman is missing a mistake because he clearly has had such a good role uh, with the U.S. national team in not bringing him in, at least into the 30-man roster? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's suspect to me. But, again, I mean, if Klinsman is really looking at this roster with Donovan and Dempsey at forward, he does seem like the obvious man out. I mean, I don't know. Um, I have not seen a lot, lot of rapid Vienna matches, right? But, I mean, so I don't know how well Terrence Boyd is playing, but um, uh, other than, you know, watching score lines and some of the websites that keep advanced metrics and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised, but not surprised. 
that he's not there. And Klinsman's on record. Form is everything, and if you're not scoring goals and you're not playing, uh, well, you don't really have a chance, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. I, I think his lack of goal-scoring form uh, doomed him here. Uh, at the same time, I am a little surprised because I think he does bring, if he's on, he does bring a certain amount of, uh, he brings you something different for this team. He brings you speed. He brings you that aerial ability. And that's something does he still have that speed, though? What's that? Does he still have that speed? Well, I think he's still got the speed. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's not that old. I mean, 30 ain't that bad. Come on. We're both in our 30s. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that slow yet. Uh <laughs> All right, it, th- let me ask you this question. Uh, his form is poor, and, and don't get me wrong, I have a feeling whatever you're going to answer, I'm going to agree with, but if if form is all that matters, why is Josie Altidore on this team? Because you need his size. You can have that with Terrence Boyd. Terrence Boyd's never had any kind of, you know, success on the men's team at all. I mean, why, why put him on there? I, I don't know. It, you're right, it's a tough question, but what are you going to do? I mean, you got you got to put Altidore on there. You've got to. No, I, I, and I was just asking to play from devil's advocate. I do agree with you. I think Josie Altidore has enough of a resume with the U.S. national team to uh, show he belongs. And, and, I, and I, it's just a question I think people were asking when they saw Eddie Johnson was left off. Um, if form is all that matters, why is Altidore on this team? Uh, and for what it's worth, I mean, the few Sunderland games, especially even late in the season when he was making, you know, cameo appearances at the end of games, I didn't think he looked that bad. Was he scoring goals? No. But Sunderland's a terrible team, so what do you expect? But, uh, I mean, you can't get on the field for a terrible team. I mean, that's bad, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, I still haven't got over the fact that I that I was, you know, like the eighth man on my college basketball team, and we were terrible. <laughs> terrible. And if I couldn't get on the field there... Oh, it was, it was bad news. Well, let's not also forget that, that you know, Sunderland's uh, fascist coach, whose name I don't remember, uh, is the one who brought out the door in. So, I mean, you know, switching coaches only like 10 games into a season can always doom a player, no matter how well they may be playing in either training or on the field. Right, right. So, uh, well, that is the forward pool, and that's the interesting uh, another thing that I saw on Twitter, and they were they talked a bit about on the Best Soccer Show, uh, was the exclusion of Juan Agudelo versus Chris Wondolowski, where people were like, "Hey, Juan Agudelo should be on this team over Chris Wondolowski because Wondolowski sucks." And that was pretty much the extent of their argument. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to point out right now: one, it was never Juan Agudelo versus Chris Wondolowski. Uh, it was Eddie Johnson versus Chris Wondolowski. Right. Agudelo was that much further down. Uh, and I, and I, and to a certain extent, I get the arguments. All right. Agudelo is that blonde girl you take on a date. You're like, oh, she's beautiful. And you want to go home with her. But do you really want to go on a second date? No, you don't. Chris Wondolowski is, you know, uh, Rachel Lee Cook in, uh, she's all that with the glasses and the overalls with the paint on them. Where you're like, oh, there's something to this girl. I Are you going her. somewhere with this? Oh, there's an analogy, mofo. <laughs> uh, it's pretty much it, it's it's pretty much that's what it is. It's there's more substance with Wondolowski, okay? There's way more substance with Wondolowski, whereas Agadello just looks good, but he's not there yet. He is a 2018 option. 
And I just wanted to really go off because there were so many people yesterday who were like, oh, Wondolowski, he can't do it. But come on. And I used to be a Wondolowski dadder. I give you that. But he has now scored against Mexico. He scored two goals against Korea. He's scoring against better competition. He's had a far greater resume, both on the national team and in MLS, Nagadello. Let's slow our roll. Yeah, the, bo- the body of work there is, is yeah. you know, conclusive. Um, yeah, don't don't uh, don't know why people would say that. It's it's just stupid. Yeah, who are yeah. these people? Are they Red Bull rant people or what? No, they're not Red Bull rant people. I mean, I'm sure some of them are like good old fashioned Red Bull fans who are still bitter about um, you know Agadello being treated. And hey, I can to a certain extent say I'm one of them. I miss the guy. I wish he was still on the Red Bulls. But it's just, yeah, I mean, if you listen to the Best Soccer Show podcast, uh, podcast that they did, as soon as the roster was announced, there were people calling in and were like, ah, oh, Juan Delasco sucks. It should be Agadello. And then, like, I tweeted out there, like, anybody who was saying this is smoking something. I mean, yeah. in all seriousness, it makes no sense that you would think oh, Juan Agadello, who scored three goals in the goal-happy Eredivisie, uh, is somehow going to be usurp uh, Chris Wondolowski. Make no sense. None. Yeah. So, uh, after the forward pool and after Eddie Johnson, after this, you know, silly Agadello versus Wondolowski thing, I suppose the next be- next best thing you could say who got snubbed is Tim Ream. Because Tim Ream is coming off a stellar season with Bolton, uh, named Player of the, Re- Player of the Year uh, by both fans and press. Uh, for Bolton, uh, it, uh, an award he shares with uh, Stu Holden, who had it a few years ago. Um, all right, Tim Ream, uh, is it a snub, or does it make does it really make a sense that the roster they have? Uh, I think just on form, I think you know with with his club team, I think he probably was someone that was a little surprising that wasn't there. But at the same time, you know maybe too little, too late there. Uh, and we we all know of his struggles with the men's team, so uh, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure that it's that 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 big of a surprise for me. And I'm with you. I think uh, it, it's not super surprising. Uh, I would say that, like you said, you know, his last stint with the uh, last couple of stints with the U.S. national team have not been impressive. He's struggled. Uh, he, I think, needed to go to that Ukraine game to give any case for his inclusion on this roster. Uh, right. He he chose to stay home with his son. You cannot criticize the guy for that. It was his newborn son. He wanted to stay home with him. I get that. Uh, so, so from a fan point, you can't say, ah, oh, he blew it. But uh, that cost him. I, I think he needed that game to show Klinsman anything that he could get on. And, hey, who knows? Uh, come August, when we see some post-World Cup friendlies, Maybe he'll get called up, and we can see what happens with this guy. But uh, I, I, I think skipping out of that Ukraine-friendly cost, cost him, and I can't think – I don't think you can say it's a snub. Uh, maybe over John Brooks, but John Brooks has played more games with the national team lately. Not well, but he has. You know, so um, there's that. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I think those players are pretty much, for me, interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so – I do think it makes a little bit more sense just to have the guy who's had a little more recent run out, right? Uh, and you know, than Reem. But yeah, uh, the other big story and we talked about it briefly is the surprise inclusion of Chim- Timmy Chandler. Now you could also argue the surprise inclusion of uh, DeAndre Yedlin. 
obviously at this point, uh, Klinsman has been using Brad Evans as a stopgap at right back. So right now on this roster, you have Jeff Cameron, Jimmy Chandler, Brad Evans, Fabian Johnson, Michael Parkhurst, and DeAndre Edlin. Six players who at some point have played right back for this national team. Do you think Jurgen Klinsman is worried about the right back position? <laughs> Maybe just a little. Well, those those outside back, both left and right, are so hard to fill and so hard to you know hold down. And maybe we're not focusing enough on the center backs, but uh, it, it's really clear where Klinsman's worries lie, isn't it? I mean, for all of Omar Gonzalez's recent struggles, I will say I am I would be more worried if Brad Evans was starting at right back against uh, Ghana, Portugal, or Germany. Um, I will say this, man. I'll ask this. Uh, out of those players, let's uh, let's just say Fabian Johnson is going to be your starting left back. At this point, I think he's either going to be your starting left back or your starting left midfielder. Um, but they, but remember, they listed him as a defender. So I mean, uh, yeah, that they, off Klinsman thinking. Well, let's put it this way: Is Fabian Johnson going to be a defender and Landon Donovan's going to be a forward? Who's going to play left midfield? That's a good point. You know, so I I don't exactly trust Klinsman's listings. So. Let's just put Fabian Johnson on as a left back for now. Uh, okay. Take the rest of those right back candidates. Who playing at the top of their game is your best left right back option? Right at the top of their game. When they're putting all their talent together and playing the best possible thing, who is your best right back? For me, Chandler has the most upside. I agree. I but, 100% agree. But I... You know, is he there right now? I don't know. Chandler, to me, is the guy that, you know, I think could most, you know, hold his own against Germany. Because, after all, that's the game that we're going to want to win, right? Or at least want to do well in. Um, yeah, well, I mean, well, after we have six points against both Ghana and Portugal, we don't really need to win against Germany. You're dreaming again. <laughs> yeah, no. go ahead. No, I was going to say, but no, I agree. I, I think that's the thing. Like, Timmy Chandler is absolutely a surprise inclusion on this roster to an extent, but uh, he was playing very well. He was making uh, regular uh, teams of the week in the Bundesliga uh, right before he got hurt, and yet it did seem like he had finally matured. I mean, we have such a small sample size of the mature Timmy Chandler uh, at the beginning of the winter, uh, early spring, but... When he's playing on top of your game, yeah, he is better than Jeff Cameron. He's light years better than Brad Evans. Uh, DeAndre Edlin is DeAndre Edlin's just a nice player that you'd like to see do something. Uh, Michael Perkhurst is steady, which hey, steady is nothing to sniff at. I mean, that's a, that's obviously something you want on this team, and I think his reliability will get him on this team. But yeah, I mean, that's just it. He it, it'll be very interesting to see who. Jurgen Klinsmann plays against Azerbaijan, and if Timmy Chandler plays a significant role in that game, because it could go, I mean, what he does in these next couple of weeks could go a long way into possibly earning his way to Brazil. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Here's my surprise call. I think Chandler's going to make the team. Mm-hmm. Because would you, feel, would you feel really awful if he made it over Parkhurst, Yedlin, or Evans? Evans the most being no. And uh, Evans, the way he's playing right now in MLS... I think he's in trouble. And, you know, it sucks because he did do a lot out of position for the U.S. national team to get to this thing. But as you can see with Eddie Johnson, it doesn't matter. It's what have you done for me lately? 
and Evans played poorly against South Korea, and that that was a scary performance by him. Uh, yeah. He's not he's not playing well for Seattle right now. Um, so if I were to cut anyone, yeah, out of those those uh those players, it would absolutely be Evans, and I would not feel bad for him. Uh, Yedlin, the other one, I just think he's too young. I I don't think he's going to make it. So. I agree. Yeah, I think it's a good chance. Yeah, there's a good chance we'll see Timmy Chandler and Michael Parkhurst be your right backs of choice for this uh, World Cup, and I and, and I would more or less be okay with that. I, I yeah, I think it's we're kind of looking toward that, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it could very much be like Jonathan Spector versus uh, Jonathan Bornstein uh, on like the last week before they went to South Africa in 2010. We just might not we might not know who's starting that uh, that wing position, but it'll be solved hopefully. Well, and it could be situational too. I mean, that could be a place where you move, you know, the lineup around based on who you're playing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I absolutely would play Chandler against Germany if that game means anything. Yeah, be interesting to see. But here, here's the other big question this all brings. Uh, Chandler obviously was a part of that Honduras debacle at the beginning of the hex. And that debacle led to the big, infamous Brian Strauss article. Yeah. Uh, now, we also have uh, John Brooks coming in very late, and obviously Wonderkind Julian Green, who's only really played uh, significantly in the Bundesliga 4, or whatever the fourth division is in Germany. Uh, in terms of chemistry, can Klinsmann really afford to take more than one of these three late, additions to the U.S. national team roster. Probably not. I mean, simply. Well, I don't know. I mean, listen, that whole story ended up being blown out of proportion, (laughs) right? Team responded. It got results. The the one thing that that I can say about American soccer is that, you know, when when the game starts, when the whistle blows, uh, they play hard, and they're not thinking about the politics of it. They're not thinking about, you know, what's going on. They're, they're just going out and playing, you know, and they're trying to play as hard as they can. So um, we're not always the most skilled team, but we play hard. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're, we can be counted on to do that. And But I don't think Green makes a team. Uh, you know, I don't think Brooks makes a team really either, but unless he's really sensational in camp. Uh, so I, I don't think it's as much of a, you know, problem as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Because really the guys who put in the work for the most part, the guys who put in the work are the guys that are there. And the guys who didn't put in the work that are there are guys that can give a dimension of speed or they, they provide a little something different for us to play against as we warm up for the World Cup. Yeah, and I think to a certain extent I agree with you, but like I think that whole play for you know the shield, play for whatever mentality, I think Chandler, again, I think Chandler has grown since that game against Honduras, but he hasn't had a chance to prove it in a national team jersey since then. Um, and in that game, he clearly did not play for the Shield. He played for Timmy Chandler, and that hurt his standing. Uh, Brooks, I, I think just, I mean, I, I think he's out. Don't get me wrong. I, don't, I think he's one of the, unless Gonzalez's injury is worse than we all say it is, I think Brooks is not making this roster by a long shot. Uh, Julian Green, who's okay no, against, he's no, okay against Mexico. Uh, I mean, you know, he, I, I don't. I personally don't see how he makes this roster, but I don't know what. I mean, Klinsman going to Klinsman. I mean, that's what we've always said. He always has that one wild card. And with Breck Shea out of the picture, I don't know. He 
leave Julian Green home. Uh, I mean, that's just we it. We don't have a lot of wing play, do we? What's that? We don't have a lot of wing play, do we? No, uh, that's just it. I mean, with Breck Shea, and Breck Shea, don't get me wrong, it's not somebody I think who was stubbed. I, I, he's not playing. And that is very, very, very – and he's not playing even worse than, say, Eddie Johnson for that matter. So it makes sense that he was not included. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone looks at Julian Green, Julian Green especially, and everyone's looking at that and saying, it's, this is going to be the second coming of David Rasheed if he makes this roster. Yeah. So, all right, so now it's time to talk. Your seven guys who are staying home, who do you got? Oh, my gosh, is that really a thing? Oh, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> Oh, uh, just based off what I'm looking at right now, uh, boy, that's a tough one, huh? Mm. You had to make me go first, didn't you? You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, off defense right away. I'm going to say Brad Evans, DeAndre Yedlin. They're out. I don't think they make the team. I, I think I think when the roster first came out, I said Evans was going to stick with it. But now that I think about it a little more, uh, I just I don't see him outplaying Chandler or Yedlin. So I think he's out. Uh, so him and him and Yedlin, that's two. All right, uh, midfield, Joe Corona, without a doubt, he's not going to make this. Yeah, team. no kidding. Uh, Maurice Adu, that's my fourth. Uh, even though I think Klinsman's going to take this guy, uh, I'm going to have to say logically Julian Green yeah. five. Oh, man, that means I need to figure out two more. I think Terrence Boyd is left home. Okay. That's six. And then now I still have nine defensemen, which means i got to cut somebody. And you know what? Despite what I said earlier in the show, I'm going to have to say Michael Parkhurst. That's my seven (laughs) guys. Yeah. Oh, boy, so you're going back on on Brooks? You're keeping Brooks? Ah, I missed him. Never mind. Let me undo that. (laughs) Jay has everybody highlighted except John Brooks. Ah. Uh, I don't think either of us put him on the on the team, did we? I think that's what it was. Yeah, so it's not Jay's fault; it's my fault. Which means I'm going to get a red card with this post game, uh, just for criticizing Jay's ability. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I keep Michael Parker, so I get rid of John Brooks. I'm sorry. You're right. So that's seven. Okay, that's not that's not bad. It's not bad. I would I would um, ask Brooks Parkhurst. Not a huge Parkhurst fan. Yedlin Green. Uh, it's four, right? Corona. Uh, da, 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 da. Boy, that's a tough one. I would ask Beckerman, but it's not going to happen. No, no. Just out of spite. I know. You, <laughs> you hate the guy, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably Boyd, and then... Did I say Green? You did. You took... Yeah, you took Adu, right? I, I actually that's do. That's tempting. That's tempting. I, I think it's just too many uh, defensive midfielders. Yeah, I, I agree, but they're... Uh... That's probably yeah. That's probably true. I I'd, I'd probably pull him. Yeah. But Davis, I don't know about Davis either. Davis can give you that wicked free kick. But that's, well, he's that, got to be on the field. It's gonna be. He'll be a late game sub if anything. Ugh. I don't know. I'll I'll uh, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say Davis. Davis. But that's just that's just me being. I I th- I per- I mean, look, my heart says. Get Green out of there. Get Adu out of there. But I think you might be right about Davis. I really do. I, I, I don't think that's uh, unlikely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Parkhurst is the one I'll have to fight you on. I, I think the guy is too steady. Too he's not, steady. He's not impressive. No. He's not an impressive player, but he's good positionally. He's, 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 he's not sexy. He's not sexy at all. He is not sexy. He's like, he's like my Agadello versus Wondolowski rant. He's not sexy, but, you know, you want to see him after – 
after. You want to see him for a second date? Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, well, I, I just I think on the whole, I mean, you know, there's still time for Evans to round into form, and although I wouldn't want him on there, he's probably had the more meaningful minutes, you know, where it counts lately. But I don't know. Yes. I don't know. But Connor Casey scored a brace against Honduras before 2010. So what have you done for me lately? That's that's true. Listen, Connor Casey used to be sneaky good, man. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm not I'm not dissing the guy. I'm just saying. You know? But now he weighs as much as you and me combined, and that's saying something because I am a fat. <laughs> yeah. There's some work for you, Jason. You can bleep that out. <laughs> he's he's too tired over there. I'm just trying to wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty much all we can talk about the thirty man. We'll have obviously plenty more in the coming weeks. We'll be you know burning the midnight oil a little more with these shows, considering we've got Azerbaijan in two weeks. That's a big one. Let that is a big one. That big game against Azerbaijan. Uh, did you by any chance uh, catch any of Germany versus Poland today? No, I di- I didn't. Not even a little bit. Was it good? Uh, oh, it was a boring zero zero draw, and then like. I read up later, it was pretty much all uh, Germany's, like, third string. I, I don't even know what the purpose was. Like, none of these guys had caps with Germany before. Have they – has Germany announced their roster yet? Yeah, they have, yeah. Well, Good. well, I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, like – There's, like, some, some fringe guys that had a chance of making it. I mean, just to, it was, it just was like, Some of them weren't even on the roster. It, it, like, it was a very strange game. It didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but, oh, well, that's enough for international soccer for now, because, uh, other than that, all that really matters is the U.S. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll go on. The other big news yesterday was the MLS Soccer United marketing deal. Um, in case you have not heard, uh, MLS signed a record for them $90 million a year television deal, which has estimated $75 million from ESPN and Fox, $15 million from Univision, uh, with this deal, they'll get some sash, uh, set national game times with Friday nights being on Unimas or Univision, uh, 7 p.m., 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Sundays will be a big-time soccer game, uh, soccer night in America for Fox Sports 1 will have a game at 5. ESPN and ESPN 2 will have a game at 7. Um, the three networks between them will all get 34 games at a minimum. Uh, MLS Live will be going away in favor of ESPN3 coverage. So if you pay $60 a month for, or $60 a year for that ESPN or that MLS Live, you will not get it for free on ESPN3. Uh, that will start in 2015. Uh, Fox and ESPN will alternate coverage between the All-Star Game and MLS, uh, MLS Final. So altogether, a uh, rather impressive deal. I mean, up to this point, uh, MLS had been getting about $10 million a year. Uh, this $90 million a year, granted it is divided over three networks, is more than what NBC plays for the Premier League right now. Uh, and if you watch the, um, if you watch the press conference for this thing, it was a big deal that they kept reiterating, uh, that they're really focusing on the domestic game. They see growth in the domestic game, and it's a big deal, and this deal goes through 2022. Uh, Chris, what are your opinions of, uh, this, all the information I just dumped on you? That's a lot. You're, you're getting long soliloquies today. I like, <laughs> you're, 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 uh, proving your abilities. Uh, damn, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's good money for them. 
Mm-hmm. For them, I mean, uh, I'm a little surprised that they're, you know, that the networks are shelling out more for this than they are for, uh, you know, Premier League because that's, you know, Euro snobs are everywhere here, mm-hmm. uh, and they really are interested in, you know, in the, in the, you know, Premier League. But uh, man, it, it, it's great. Uh, again, you know, you, you and I always talk about this. It's what is it going to mean for the competitive nature of these teams? Are they going to raise the um, salary cap? Are they going to uh, allow teams to invest more in players, more in bringing people into the stadium, that sort of thing? Or is this going to be something that owners just will have the ability to pocket this this money, you know? Uh, because, you know, even watching, uh, you know, a few games this past week, MLS versus, uh, you know, the last uh, weekend of, you know, major competition in, in Europe, there's just still such a gulf. There really is. Yeah. Some of these MLS games are just unwatchable. Uh, and I, and I am a fan and I go to Rapids games and, you know, I, I cheer them on and I really try and, you know, stay behind them and, you know, stay invested in them monetarily and interest wise and, you know, searching their stuff on the internet, but there really is still such a gulf. So, uh, in, I'm well on record this with with uh, you know expansion going at the rate it is. It's only going to dilute the product in MLS, so they're going to have to start spending money to bring more talent in, and not just top end talent, but depth as well. Uh, we can't have the deal where you know we have a Jermaine Defoe and you know a few stars on a team, and then you know there's a bunch of hacks you know playing alongside them. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think it's. I think there's got to be a lot more depth in, in you know, league wide. Yeah, you know what? I, I mean, look, I think, um, I think the owners, of the league, and the, are not stupid. And I, and even if they are stupid, I don't think ESPN, Fox, and Uni Moscow are going to throw this kind of money at the league without some kind of assurance of raising the salary cap, improving competition, and all that good stuff. Uh, I, I really do think that this is going to improve the league. I think they're going to put – don't get me wrong. They're going to pocket some of it. I mean, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. And all oh, 90, uh, I'd say maybe half. If, I mean, my uh, optimist wants to say more than half, uh, that more than half will go into the league as opposed to uh, into the pockets. But I would say that at least an even split will go between uh, – Investing in players and raising the cap, and um, you know, going towards uh, going towards the pockets of the owners. Don Garber, ESPN, FS1, uh, or Fox Sports rather, uh, Unimas, all these people are not stupid. I mean, I know on the Twitter sphere we like to say they are, we like to say we can run this better, but they're not stupid. They they cannot possibly think the status quo is going to grow this league. Because it's not. You've now got people tuning in. You've now got people giving you their giving you their commitment. You have to grow this league, and you now have the money. It is now publicly out there that you have the money to do it. Yes, you're still losing money, but you gotta. If you build it, they will come. I I am absolutely 100% get behind that. Now, I mean, just just to battle your point a little bit about how much greater European football is. Than uh, MLS, Sunderland versus Norwich is not that much better than, say, Seattle versus Portland. It, it really isn't. <laughs> well, it's just because because those fans, you know, bases are so loyal and they're so vocal right now, and the tifos are cool, and we're all into it. But at the same time, I mean, you know, the top end, you know, the middle end of the Premier League is better than than the top end of 
MLS for sure. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. No, I'll give you that. I'm just saying, like, this idea that everything you can possibly watch on Saturday morning is better than what you could watch Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening in MLS. Eh, I'm not exactly all there. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I, I think we're. I mean, that being said, if you put um, right now, I mean, despite Seattle's five nothing loss to New England, if you put Seattle versus uh, uh, Fulham, I know I know Fulham was the worst team this year, but if you put Seattle versus Fulham, who would win that match? Probably in a real competitive match, they'd probably still be Fulham. But probably, it, I, I'm gonna go with probably. I'm not gonna go with definitely. Fulham was not very good this year. I will give you that much. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not gonna go with definitely. Not at all. Uh, I'm gonna go with probably. Uh, I do believe. Uh, you know. So uh, uh, yeah, we're, uh, I think we're close. We're closer than. Uh, we're closer to the Premier League than we used to be. We're clearly not there yet. Uh, if anything, I'll just merely laugh at all the rumors that the New York Cosmos are signing old, over-the-hill, uh, you know, Euro stars like Raul, I think, is the latest one to be rumored to go to the Cosmos. So, yeah, NASL is now the uh, MLS five years ago. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. that that's a little uh, out there for me. <laughs> but um, all this being said, uh, new MLS deal. What do you think? Uh, overall positive? Oh yeah, absolutely. Money's good. Yeah, money. Money's good. Money is very, very good. Alrighty. Um, I think that pretty much about covers everything that we were going to cover. The two big stories of the week. Um, got anything else you want to touch upon? No, I you know I'm getting really, really excited. 28 days until the World Ooh. Cup. Uh, we're under a month. I'm really excited. A uh, lot of lot of fun stuff coming up. A lot of good stuff to talk about. And now we can really start, you know, letting the shit hit the proverbial fan. I mean, we can really start getting the details because we know who's going to be involved. We know, uh, you know, the cliches of the world have been dropped from the France team, and there's there's a lot to talk about further on, just out even even with the U.S. team. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, exciting times, and and I think uh, the players are really jazzed to be on the team and are ready to go. Yeah, uh, I really cannot wait to really overanalyze. Uh, you know, when a player has the sniffles, and we're going to hear about it, like reported on Stanford uh, from Stanford, and uh, just go crazy. Uh, um, I cannot wait to really dive into this. And yeah, like you said, 28 days until the World Cup. All right, everybody, if. Oh no, I forgot about it again, it's wake <laughs> What the hell was that voice just now? Come I don't on. know. I bust out I bust out random voices all the time. Yeah. Alright, anyway. We have actually I gotta ca- finish calculus. I didn't add some things here. Uh, we have a total of five, six eight re- eight cards today. Good what? lord. It wasn't even a long show. <laughs> Oh, so gosh. here we go. First off with Pat, you got a yellow for your semi-creepy analogy about Juan Agadello. I think that was a valid analogy. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't valid. I said it was semi-creepy. Um, you also get a red for missing John Brooks on the roster, even though you talked about him enough. You actually had a, a whole conversation about John Brooks that you couldn't remember him when it came to who you're going to dump from the team. Like I said, that, that was fair. That's fair. Um, you also get a yellow for extending your Agadello creepy analogy to Michael Parkhurst. (laughs) 
You are. <laughs> uh, and uh, now you get another yellow because I, I'm giving since I'm giving this one to Chris. I think this one to you. Chris got one for dropping an f bomb. So now you're getting one for that too. <laughs> and that was, and that one was and really the one for Chris was just because because he, he had nothing at that point. Um, and the last one, or sorry, two more. Uh, one is MLS quality. Do neither of you remember the New York Red Bulls winning the 2011 Emirates Cup? Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's Come a Red Bull. There's a Red Bull homers. There's a red card. Then, uh, Pat, you get a yellow for saying the NASL is like the MLS five years ago. Wow, well, that's okay. <laughs> that was <laughs> ridiculous. It's They're getting our chicken scraps. It's good. <laughs> no, come on. And then the, the last one, like I said, Pat, you get you get one one more card since I had to give Chris one for an F bomb. You getting one for that too? That's it. Speaking of NASL and MLS, what do you think of uh, Orlando City's new crest? It looks pretty uh, weak sauce to me. Oh, I mean, yeah, I know. I saw a lot of people going Gaga last night on Twitter, and I was like, ah, purple lion, great. The lion's gold. The the shield's purple. Well, yeah, but you know. It's on. I, I'm so over expansion. Let's just cut cut it now. Yeah. Can, can we can we start the discussion to contract Orlando City or is it too soon? <laughs> I actually think they're going to be a decent franchise. I'm oh worried, come on! I'm more worried about Atlanta. Atlanta's the one that worries me. Oh lord. Uh, Atlanta's at least going to have their own. They've got a good Brazilian population down there. Oh, granted, we've said that for years about Red Bull and Newark. But, uh... Yeah, how's that working out for you? Hey, we're at least starting to average close to 20, uh, 20 a game, so whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, uh... But I, I think Orlando, with their... They're building their own stadium, they're gonna be fine. I'm more worried about, uh, Atlanta playing in a... in a football stadium. I, I'm way more worried about that. Uh, NYCFC even. I know there's been a lot of consternation about that. I think they'll finally get a deal done at some point. I think Manchester City and New York Yankee money will get a stadium built somewhere. Oh, yeah, totally. You know. Uh, Atlanta's the one that worries me more than Orlando, for sure. Yeah. And since they didn't actually officially sign off on Miami, I just don't give a shit. You know, at this point. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well. With that all being said, let's wrap it up. Our website address is yankscomarching.blogspot.com. You can email us any questions, comments, whatever, at yankscomarching at gmail.com. Facebook is at facebook.com slash yankscomarching. Twitter, at yankscomarching. I'm at pmacd82. Chris is at chrismitkaminsky18. And our producer, Jason, is at Huge. You can subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or RSS. And we're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash yanks-go-marching. Chris, last words? Uh, I'm really getting excited for Guardians of the Galaxy. Summer movie season is upon us. I am totally stoked. Uh, Other than that, yeah, I'm ready for bed. Uh, So far, summer movie season, Spider-Man 2 sucked, and Neighbors was hilarious. Uh, (laughs) That's all I can say about that. Uh, And Ajibajan, we're coming for you. Yeah, two weeks. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's This has been episode 10 of the Yanks Go Marching podcast. For Chris Kaminsky, I am Pat McDonald, and we will see you guys later. Peace.